Welcome to the Really Useful Podcast. My name is Christian Corley from MakeUseOf.com and with me is one of my MUO colleagues. It's Gavin Phillips. Hey. How are you doing, Christian? I'm well. Yourself? Very well. Very well. I mean, lovely wet Cornwall. Lovely wet Cornwall. Is it wet down there, is it? Very damp. Yeah, very, very damp. And uh, today I, uh, I went and bought a rabbit as well. So it's been an interesting day. Okay. <laughs> That's as techie as it gets on the Really Useful Podcast. Uh, we are, of course, the <laughs> <laughs> the tech podcast for technophobes and anyone else who wants to listen. And you can subscribe to us on Spotify or iTunes or we're also on Transmission, which is our home. Um, I, uh, you'll have to, I'm, I, I seem to be quite uh, chatty this evening. I've um, possibly overdosed on coffee somewhat to keep myself going for uh, this week's show and i'm also looking at uh, watching game of thrones after recording this which i'm quite excited about so uh, i may have trouble focusing on things but you can subscribe to the really useful podcast pretty much anywhere even on youtube and the places where you find podcasts you will find us there and you'll find us at makeuseof.com as well um gavin you don't watch game of thrones do you no uh, i never have um but I think when it all finishes, when season eight wraps up, I will delve into it then because it seems like a good time to start mm-hmm. binge watching it once the, uh, the hype is over. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I didn't watch it from the beginning, from the beginning. I think we started watching about three years ago up to sort of season four or five, I think. And then uh, watched it, you know, annually from then. Um, watch binge watching is a is a great thing isn't it you just like sit there and like take everything in but i hear uh from a friend of mine who's watched game of thrones from the beginning and then binge watched the previous seven series over the past month that it has a different feel if you binge watch it oh really that's interesting yeah yeah yeah. so so like uh some of the characters who you would normally only see a little bit over the course of you know like nine years or so when you watch them all together they their their impact differs somewhat so that's quite interesting obviously if you haven't seen them in the original form of you know weekly and then annually then you wouldn't know this but uh, yeah that's quite an interesting insight so uh, on this week's really useful podcast we are going to be looking at the following topics disney unveils its disney plus streaming service youtube tv is getting a price hike yeah what is iptv and is it legal and we'll uh, try and squeeze in a few how-tos on transferring photos and texts, messages, and looking at the best Microsoft alternatives for Mac users. And we may even look at uninstalling programs on Windows 10 the fast way. But uh, let's get on with Disney. Disney, 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 the media giant has unveiled Disney Plus, its long-awaited and much-anticipated streaming service. Uh, you know, Disney has been streaming stuff for a while, but this is Disney's Netflix, basically. It yeah. launches, yeah, it's going to launch in the US in November and will cost $6.99 a month or $69.99 a year, uh, which is cheaper than Netflix. It's very competitive, isn't it? Yeah, and such such... No, big names, big content. You know, it's it's all the it's box office, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of wall to wall. 
box office, isn't it? Uh, yeah. The stuff they're putting out at launch is is quite exciting. Um, and I remember uh, we we talked about this on uh, in the first season of the really useful podcast, uh, mm-hmm. you and I, and we were looking at it there, it match up and how they compete with uh, Netflix and HBO and and all this sort of stuff. And you can see from the initial lineup that they've gone all all guns blazing to do that, haven't they? Totally, totally. Um, we're looking at shows like The Mandalorian, which is the the Boba Fett <clears throat> show, basically. Uh, you've got original programming that also includes The Falcon and The Winter Soldier and WandaVision from Marvel. Mm. Uh, the World According to Jeff Goldblum from National Geographic, which, frankly, I've got to see. Yeah, uh, that's something that really <laughs> caught my eye. I was like, oh, that's going to be really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is... Uh, I mean, when it comes to, you know, November, obviously the US is going to decide whether this... Um, fails or succeeds i can't see this failing unless there's heart serious like networking hardware routing issues really no and um given how much they're pouring into it you'd expect them to have the back end of it all worked out really well um you know it will switch on and it will be good i I can well imagine they won't want it to fail given how long people have been talking it up and now they've set a date for it they know that they've got a cap on when it needs to be live so they can, you know, it's Disney. They've got so much money. They can funnel into it to make sure everything goes off without a hitch on the day. Plus they're going to have it on Apple TV as well. I believe smart TVs, consoles, mobile platforms, digital media players like Roku boxes and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and content streaming of 4k and with HDR. So all those things are going to be, they're going for the entire market, um, and it's quite it is quite impressive, I've got to say. Yeah, I mean, basically, if you're a fan of Disney movies or Pixar, of Marvel, of Star Wars, <laughs> Simpsons as well, all thirty seasons. Of course, yeah, because if um, yeah, the deal with Fox, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, Malcolm in the Middle, just just goes on, doesn't it? It does really, it does all under one umbrella in one streaming service. I'm, you know. You lucky US users, you, you've got this. <laughs> you can you can just buy this, and from November you you can have a great Christmas watching this. Uh, here in the UK, we're going to be thinking, can we use a VPN for this? <laughs> Will it work? Uh, so so that's that. Now, the flip side of this news is not so much a problem with Disney. It's YouTube TV, which I don't know anyone who uses YouTube TV. They're now up upping the subscription to $50 a month. Um, that's up from the original $35, which then stopped at $40 in uh, March 2018. And you get a bunch of channels, but uh, TNT, CNN, Cartoon Network. Do you know anyone who uses YouTube TV, Gavin? I've not not in the, the UK. Um, I think it's very, it is a very much a US-based product. Having said that, I'm not sure if any of the rest of the MUO team use it. Not, not that I'm aware of, anyway. No, um, I've never heard anyone mentioning it. No, no. Um, the things they've added to it as well. I've noticed on a few forums people have said they wanted these programs adding to it. So if you are using it, the Discovery Channel, Travel Channel, Animal Planet, Investigation Discovery, Motor Trend, uh, the Food Network, and TLC... Uh, YouTube will also be adding the Oprah Winfrey network later this year. So that all comes in the cost of it. But 
like you were saying, I think it's basically going back towards the point you might as well have a cable connection for that sort of price because it's all the standard cable channels, really. It is is a strange... And I think some of these you can get free to air as well. So it does seem a strange... I'm, as um, as the article by Dave Parrott states, um, this feels like a step backwards. Uh, you know, people being charged for channels they have no interest in watching. You know, paying $50, $55 a month if you've been paid through Apple for uh, channels that you're not going to watch. It's, um, yeah, it, it, it seems like a very cynical piece of marketing from YouTube. Uh as I say, I don't know when you use it. If you use it and you're listening to this and you use YouTube TV, or if you've tried YouTube TV, do get in touch with us and let us know what sold it to you, whether you, whether you do like it or whether you think this is, you know, the last straw. Because, you know, cutting the cord is about saving money and enjoying the media that you want to enjoy, not having, you know, every show piped into your home and you're only watching like 5% of it. Mm. So, as, as Gavin says, so, yeah, it is a strange... Strange state of affairs, um, which brings us to IPTV quite nicely, I think. Uh, this is Internet Protocol Television. It's been around for a long time. I remember having an IPTV app, which was produced by a legitimate, I should underline, uh, <laughs> Russian software developers on Windows Mobile. Shows you how long ago this was. That was a lot of uh, words in there, wasn't it? Windows Mobile, Russian software devs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so going back uh, probably 10, 11, 12 years now, I um, got a free piece of software because I was writing about Windows Mobile software at the time quite a lot. And they sent me this. I can't remember the name of the developers, but uh, they, they released a few things. They were one of the few developers that were making money on Windows Mobile. And it was a nice IPTV app, Internet Protocol Television, um, enabling me to watch TV broadcast over the web. Now, obviously, I ate up a lot of data doing this, but, uh, you know, and it was, you know, it was pretty low fi I think it was probably 480p. Mm. But, you know, there was a lot of a lot of a lot of channels. And, you know, IPTV now is uh, covers all sorts of things such as iFlayer and Fox, um, some plugins on Kodi. Uh, even Cheddar TV, which I was on a couple of years ago for Make Use Of, singing Bohemian Rhapsody. Ah, your finest hour. My finest hour. That, that's an incidental aspect. That's not the reason. I didn't go on there to sing Bohemian Rhapsody. I went on there to talk about some Make Use Of related tech topics. Um, <laughs> I think you should put a link for that in the, the show notes if anyone wants to see Christy I, singing. I, I would, you know, I would, but I don't think it exists anymore. Oh, that is a shame for the listeners. <laughs> Absolutely. So, IPTV is legal. Have you used IPTV, Gavin? I mean, I know, obviously, you, you've used iPlayer and other streaming things. But have you used that, like, that hardcore IPTV where, you know, they give you, like, 50 channels that you can watch in an app or on a website or whatever? Uh, I've not, personally. Um, but my dad did experiment with it for a while um when he was umming and ahhing between subscribing to uh sky and getting all the all the all the channels you know mm-hmm. um and he was looking at alternatives to do it because they just had virgin super fast installed in their home which uh, in the uk gives you between uh, 100 
to 200 mega, megabyte connection. Um, so suddenly that became a, a viable option for him. Uh, he didn't he didn't get on with it. It wasn't in the end his sort of thing. He didn't get on with the channel selection and what have you. Um, but what he did say was that on a good connection he found he found the quality of the streams really good. So mm-hmm. it, it can be an option. But I do think it depends on on how fast your internet is. If you're lagging along on a 10 megabyte connection, it might not be the best things in HD and what have you. So you have to bear that sort of thing in mind because it is all, obviously it's in the name, it's all uh, IP based. So Absolutely. I remember last summer I was using the TV player app, in, uh, which is a UK IPTV app website. And uh, I was using it, uh, my children were in a dance competition. I was using it to watch the World Cup. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so, you know, it has its benefits. Now, um, there are legal and illegal IPTV services and streams. Uh, it's you know, the, the big details of this are in the article by Dan Price, which, you know, as with every topic that we discuss on the Really Useful podcast, you will be able to find in the show notes for this week's show. I would say that the big name IPTV services are the ones to stick with and you can check on Reddit to find out which things you should be using and which ones you shouldn't. Some of the subscription services, I would probably say avoid them if possible unless they're reputable and they are backed by the network providers mm. uh, of the, uh, of the content. Of- yeah, one of the one of the readers of the article has actually commented and said, a great rule of thumb is that if it's not sold through a reputable retailer and only spoken of in a backroom forum or website, it's probably not legal. And yeah. you are potentially streaming something that is illegal. Um, you know, if you are streaming illegal content, people will find out. So just be aware of that. Absolutely. And if it's a mobile app, uh, you check the reviews on the platform that you're using and you will find very quickly whether or not the product is illegal or whether it's an approved piece of software. So that's IPTV and is it legal? Most of the time, yes, but quite often it's not. So do your, your research, do your due diligence before you install and subscribe to anything. Gavin! Have you ever found yourself struggling to transfer photos from your Android phone to your PC? Frequently. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fortunate. Do you have I a solution? Have, <laughs> I have several solutions. <laughs> that yeah, I mean this is this is a, a thing that we, we you know we we go out, we take photos on our phones, we have text messages on our phones, we might need to back up the data on our phones for a reset or to sell the phone or you might just want to take the photos off your phone and put them on your pc there might be you know you might be using a mobile word processor and want to save your work from your phone to your pc there's all manner of reasons to get that data off your phone to your computer with um i mean it does depend on what platform you're using with current uh certainly with android which is what we're talking about here it is pretty simple to turn your android phone into a storage device simply by connecting it to usb from usb on your phone to usb on your pc and then unlock the phone and pull down the little notification at the top which will give you the option to use your phone as a storage device and 
and browse it from your computer. That's the simplest way of doing it. There are other options. Um, do you have an actual option that you use, Gavin? Uh, yeah, I, I do tend to go for the for the for the plugin option. Um, alternatively, I upload directly to Google Drive. Right. Uh, depending on how many photos I'm I'm trying to process. Uh, the other thing I have a, I've got a Samsung S8, so I've I've used the Sang, Samsung Side Sync. Well, that was a lot of S's, wasn't it? Um, but I've used that at times. Uh, you can browse your phone directly from your computer uh, and use it as if you were using the phone in your hand. So that's quite handy as well. Uh, and doing that, you can also send messages straight from your phone. Uh, or if you don't say you didn't have WhatsApp installed on your desktop or laptop, you could use the Samsung side sync uh, WhatsApp on your phone um, through the screen. Your, your phone appears on your screen um, and you use your mouse and keyboard uh, as you would on your normal desktop. So that's a good option for Samsung users. Okay, did you download that separately or did it install from your phone? Uh, the side sync app is available in the Google Play Store. Uh, I don't think okay. it comes pre-installed, um, but okay. it is available. It's safe. It's an official Samsung app. Okay, useful. I've got a Samsung tablet, so I didn't know about that. I, I, no, I I keep it very simple. Occasionally, if, if there's something I need to get off my phone in a hurry, then I use a cable, mm. uh, USB cable. But most of the time, my option, my preferred option is uh, Dropbox. Oh, Okay. Uh, super fast, uh, especially when you plug in uh, to the mains of the, um, you know, do of a Wi-Fi, even if you're uh, down to one percent. And usually, stuff uh, syncs really quickly, so I can quite easily just sync that, you know, sync straight to my PC, and I can pick it up. Useful for screenshots and things like that. Useful for photos. Sorry, that's my phone hitting the table there. Useful for photos. Useful for pretty much everything. So yeah, that's my option. Now you can check the details of um, what the best options to transfer photos and text from your Android to your PC uh, in the article in the show notes. Uh, there is one other thing which I've used over the years, which is the mobile app uh, that syncs with your PC desktop, which I forgot the name of, and Droid, Droid, Droid. It was AirDroid, but I think that was more AirDroid. Of a push. That was a push one, wasn't it? That the push one, yeah, is his AirDroid is what I'm thinking of, yeah. Mm. Uh, but uh, I, I, I did find that started getting a bit laggy, so I'm not sure what whether there's like an issue with the software for that or what. Well, they they uh, a couple of years back, if I remember rightly, and I hope I am right before I uh, besmirch their name, but they changed uh, their terms of conditions, and suddenly their free package, which was really good, wasn't so good anymore. There were lots right. more restrictions on file size, transfer rates, and uh, other things that would become quite quickly irritating unless you were upgrading to a pro subscription uh, mm -hmm. i'm really hoping i've got that right but i do remember uninstalling it for that reason um you might try push bullet which i believe is also quite a good alternative to that yeah um but yeah anything like that it's quite handy really so yeah so that's uh, options for uh, syncing uh data moving data from uh, photo, uh, photos, text messages, anything really, from your Android phone or tablet to your PC. 
Uh, now, I did mention word processing there, uh, which I uh, I do tend to do more on my tablet than on my phone, in all honesty, because it's a lot easier to type. Now, one of the things on the really useful podcast we've never spoken about, and this is like our 21st show, we've never really spoken, and so, apologies to all of you who this affects, we've never really spoken about Mac OS. That's rude of us. Isn't it just? Um, no. <laughs> Uh, so if, if you do use a Mac and are you thinking about switching to using a MacBook or, or an iMac or any Apple PC and you're concerned about Microsoft Office, there are various alternatives that you can use. The key one is Google Suite because, you know, you can use that on any computer, really. Uh, it's a cloud-based word processor. You could use LibreOffice, which is open source. Uh, word processor office suite or you could use apple's iwork suite which is from memory is very good and in places better than microsoft office and other places not quite as good as microsoft office have you ever owned a mac gavin uh well the hackintosh count because of yeah yeah I've, that counts yeah i've hacked together a few of those in my time uh, i've mm. never had uh, i've never had apple uh, an apple laptop or desktop hardware but yeah i've, I've cobbled together hacking toshes uh okay. and used bits of mac uh software uh i works good if i remember rightly i haven't used it for a few years but i remember being quite impressed with it as yeah, a yeah. very long-term microsoft office user i was i was impressed yeah sure same here about 10 years ago i had an imac which was one of the pre-intel devices uh, so you use the old chipset. Uh, so this was before the days where you could install Windows on an iMac, basically, listener. And uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun. Unfortunately, it uh, had a bit of a hardware issue, so uh, it didn't last as long as I would have liked it to. Sadly, it was a uh, one of those hardware issues that uh, Apple PCs were kind of known for before they switched to Intel. Mm. And if you had it for too long and it didn't have that issue, then you weren't really eligible for a replacement. So a bit of a shame. Uh, Office Online, if you are absolutely bedded into the uh, Microsoft Office environment, then you can access Office Online. And you can also edit Office documents in Dropbox on any uh, Dropbox supporting platform. So, yeah, there are plenty of options for microsoft office alternatives on mac os i i think you know the thing with moving platforms is there is always going to be unless you're moving to linux i suppose there is always if you're swapping between windows and mac os you are going to be spending money at some point on software yeah it's it's inescapable really yeah. there's there's always something you can do to find a fix for the software that you love that you're potentially leaving behind. And I think more and more software devs are trying to be cross-platform, aren't they? Um, oh, yeah, even yeah. even with Linux. Um, but there's always going to be one or two pain points, if you will. But you can always work around them as well like this. You know, there's lots of different fantastic free software suites. So I'd throw a Caligra suite in there as well if... Um, for another alternative to Microsoft Office for, for Mac. It's got some very okay. good options in there. Okay, good call, good call. 
As ever, you can find out the full details of that in our show notes. Now, back to Windows. You've probably found that you've installed something on Windows at some point in your life that you didn't particularly want on there. And the solution? Uninstall it. Uh, now, I think uninstalling things on Windows is a lot simpler than it used to be. Because once, at one time, you, you know, click after click after click after click, get to the control panel, get the programs list, add move programs. And it would take a while as well, especially if it was, you know, a little bit, shall we say, a bit rogue, the software. You know, it is very easy to accidentally uninstall things on Windows. Not as easy now as it used to be, but, you know, it can still happen. And you can end up with a PC with a load of bloatware if you buy from, you know, the pre-installed version of Windows and, you, you know, you're getting a HP or a Dell mm. or Asus or Acer or whatever you're buying, you're going to find that there is bloatware on there. I mean, I'm looking at mine now. I've had this computer for about six months and Candy Crush, look at that, Candy Crush Saga and Candy Crush Soda Saga, games I've never played, came pre-installed. I haven't got around to uninstalling them yet because I'm that busy. Uh <laughs> <laughs> you can thank uh, Microsoft for those ones as well. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, uh, I've got a Netflix app apparently, uh, Asus product registration. I've got a LinkedIn app that I didn't know about, uh, Asus keyboard hotkeys. I've got a Dolby Access app. I'm not sure what that is. So yeah, it's you kind of think, ooh, do I want that? No. If you don't want that, it's a good idea to uninstall it because you can find in some cases, you know, you've got apps that are taken up massive chunks of your hard disk drive mm. now what's your preferred way of uninstalling something on windows um i'm still a fan of the control panel the kind of i'm not gonna say old school because i don't think it is but you know go to the programs and software list find the program see what you want programs and features list sorry uh and uninstall that way and google will guide you through like you said, it's a lot easier these days. It's normally a one or two click process. Uh, remove the files, folders, and most of the time you get a, an option to keep your settings. Um, if it's a program you think you might actually reinstall in the future and you've set something custom up, you can save that setting, uh, but it will be an option within the specific uninstaller. But sometimes programs leave things behind, don't they? They do indeed. Which is when we need uninstallers, isn't it? Like CCleaner, which, you know, it still does the job. But, you know, you may want to uninstall CCleaner once you're done as well, because it has had some uh, bad reputational issues of late. Uh, another one is Revo Uninstaller. There's also IOBit. But, you know, uh, you may find that some security software that you're using also has an uninstall tool. And there may be cases when that security software is a better option than anything else. It, I mean, a lot of this is really what works for you. I mean, half the time these days, I find myself just going to the start menu, right clicking the app and clicking uninstall. Yeah, it's nice to have added that sort of functionality to it. Was it like Windows 7? You couldn't do that. No. So uh, yeah, I think it was introduced Windows 8.1, I think, introduced that. Mm. So, yeah, that, is, that does make things a lot easier, I think. It, it saves time. It saves messing around. You don't get the same set of information that you get using the method that Gavin explained, but 
it's yeah, it's it's just a quick and easy way of doing it. So there you go. Well, you know, we've hit the end of the really useful podcast, Gavin. It's been a, a whirlwind. <laughs> a whirlwind. Indeed it has. Now as ever, you can listen to us through the methods described earlier. Now, next week's show is going to be the last one until June. We're uh, having a Facebook security special, or Facebook privacy special, I should say, next time to, uh, you know, you can use it to celebrate Easter if you like and, uh, you know, have a chocolate egg whilst you listen to myself and James through. Discussing our recent security privacy uh, concerns with Facebook and possible solutions you might want to undertake that's next week's show for this week just a quick reminder on what we've discussed we've taken a look at disney plus youtube tv's insane price hike <laughs> and whether <laughs> and whether or not iptv is legal we have also given you a few tips on the best microsoft office alternatives how to transfer data from your phone to windows and how to uninstall games and apps on Windows 10. This has been the really useful podcast from makeuseof.com. We are the tech podcast for technophobes. If there is anyone out there who you feel would benefit from what we've been talking about, because the idea of the show is basically to make the tech topics that are important digestible for everyone. Pass us around, share us, link us, you know, give us to anyone and, you know, let them know what we're doing and how we're doing it and why we're doing it. And if, you know, get the benefit of our experience as uh, technology guiding hands and writers at makeuseof.com and further afield. Because I think most of us work uh, beyond make use of. We all got our fingers in lots of different pies and expertise in different topics here on the release for podcast and that make use of i don't think i can add anything to that so where uh, from myself christian corley and gavin phillips and the rest of the really useful podcast team uh, until next time it's goodbye bye bye <laughs>